from Wall Street to the White House. This is the Larry Kudlow Show. All right, folks, welcome back. We're going to talk some money and politics. We've got John Fun, National Review, National Affairs reporter, and uh, Committee to Unleash Prosperity Hotline. And his book is Our Broken Elections, How the Left Changed the Way You Vote. There you go. We did it again. And Steve Moore of Freedom Works and also Committee to Unleash Prosperity. And his book is Govzilla. Gentlemen, welcome. Um, there's a couple of things that I've got that I think we should talk about. Uh, re- leadership revolts. Now, John Fund, I want to go to you first. The Freedom Caucus in the House, at least some of them, seem to want to get rid of Kevin McCarthy. Uh, I don't understand that. That's point number one. Point number two, they want this vacate the chair reform, which essentially would be a recall of the speaker, which would be self-destructive and would help Democrats, not Republicans. Would you explain to me why at least this guy, what, the guy from Virginia, good, but others want to vacate the chair and destroy Kevin McCarthy and help the Democrats? What's that all about, John Fund? biggest fan of Kevin McCarthy. But if you're going to end up with a House majority of 221, 222, 223 to, you know, 10 seats more from the Democrat, more than the Democrats, it is insane because there is no one, no one other than Kevin McCarthy who can get a majority of the entire Congress because Mm -hmm. the Republican leader has to be elected speaker by the entire Congress means the Democrats get to vote on it. So it's an insane strategy. If it's, if it's a negotiating tactic, it's a dangerous one to do it in public, should be done in private. And if it's serious, then they show they don't know how to govern. Yes. I mean, I watched, um, I don't know, John, it, which it was a, a primetime show on, on Fox. Um, it was either Sean Hannity or Laura. I don't recall. But I watched this guy good from Virginia, talk about this stuff with a straight face. And my response to him was, you know, if he had been there, I'd have said it to his face, but I said it to the TV. I often talk to the TV. It's one of my psychological (laughs) problems. But I said, you're crazy. You're out of your mind. You're just handing the Democrats the House back. And it's been hard enough to win it, right? Because, you know, this was the platoon, not the cavalry. If you get it, which I think they will, I mean, this is just fruitcake, nutcake stuff. Steve Moore, anyway, what's wrong with Kevin McCarthy? Was he some big left-wing socialist liberal? When's that? When did that happen? When, I must have missed something. Yeah, look, I agree with you. And the most important thing is that um, you're also going to have some real superstars running these committees, people that you've had on your show, right. people like Jim Jordan, who right. can run the Judiciary Committee, who's a, who's a superstar. Uh, I love... Um, Kathy McMorris Rogers, yes. you've had her on. She, she, we helped her many, many years ago at the Club for Growth mm-hmm. when her first election. Um, so you've got so many really great people who will be running powerful committees. And remember, uh, um, in the olden days, like when Reagan was president, they said maybe the only person who's more you know, powerful in Washington than Ronald Reagan is the, it was Dingle, right? Dingle, the head of the right. Congress Committee That's in right. Congress. <laughs> so, uh, you know, this John Dingle's election, hearings. It was, a lousy, it, was, it was a lousy election. People are feeling really frustrated right now. I am too. But 
the fact is, the bottom line is, you're going to have no, you're going to have the checks and balances that we've all been waiting for. You no longer have one party mm-hmm. control of Washington, and that gives Congress a one house. The Republicans a one house in the Senate is still up for grabs, but. Even in the worst case scenario, if you're a Republican, you will have a a one house sort of veto on some of the worst inclinations of Joe Biden. And I have to say, Larry, the one thing that really is sticking in my craw right now from, you know, what happened on Tuesday is that on Thursday morning, you may have seen Joe Biden was asked, what are you going to do differently now? And he said nothing. Right. Right. And that's that's. That's a disaster because his first two years have been a disaster for our country, in my opinion. Well, he's going to – that do nothing. I mean, that was just pure arrogance, John Fund. And if the, if the GOP take the House, and it sure looks like they're going to take the House, I mean, Joe Biden's going to get a pretty fast education because his uh, – to use Newt's phrase, his big government socialism's finito. Now, he'll still have some regulatory authority – although good lawyers can stop that because of the Supreme Court decision. But putting that aside, as far as spending and taxing and Green New Dealing and all that stuff, John Fund, he's going to be, he's better be, he's going to have a rude awakening because this will be a Republican House. So he's going to do nothing? Well, he'll do nothing, at, I guess, at his own risk, unless he wants to just drag his party down even more. What do you think, John? The only way that Joe Biden's response to the election makes sense is if he's privately decided that he's declining enough that he's not going to run for re-election. It doesn't make sense under normal circumstances. Bill Clinton, of course, famously pivoted and said the era of big government is over. He made compromises with Newt Gingrich. We had an economic boom after the capital gains and other things were passed. Even Barack Obama, Mm. after the 2010 disaster of his midterm election, uh, which he called a shellacking, uh, made compromises. He ultimately agreed to 90% of the Bush tax cuts being made permanent. Mm. There were other things. So the only thing I can think is that Joe Biden knows something about how, you, how he's feeling that the rest of us don't know. <laughs> or he was just being dumb. I mean, like he lives in this alternative universe. I mean, he's out As there. Said, he may he may know something that he doesn't. Know. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's out there in Egypt, Steve Moore. On an apology tour, remember on Obama's new apology tour, apologizing to the rest of the world because we withdrew from the Paris Climate Accords, an apology tour. Well, it's even worse than that, Larry. I mean, yes, he's apologizing for our past behavior, but he's what he's now saying is, hey, we in the United States are going to be even to the left of Europe on this climate change madness. We're going to he I mean, this is an important um declaration that he made, I think it was Thursday or Friday, he said, we are now going to not just go after oil and coal, but we're going to go after natural gas. Because by the way, methane is natural gas. These are the two, methane and natural gas are the same thing. And he said, oh, we're going to have the most restrictive methane restrictions ever. Well, that's going to shut off the spigots of the natural gas now. I mean, this is craziness. We have we have 500 years worth of natural gas in this country, thanks to the, you know, the, the revolution in shale oil and gas. And uh, it's the reason we have reduced our carbon emissions so much is because we're using more natural gas. Now he wants us to use less of it. You know, the lefty greenies in Europe are smarter than our lefty greenies. They are. Right, because they've reclassified natural gas. 
as exactly. as renewable. Good I mean, point. I mean that's important. I don't get that. Well, John Fund. Well, let, let me just make one point about this. And what that when you go after natural gas, which is a clean burning fuel. That suggests to me that this isn't really even about climate change. It's almost like this degrowth movement, you know, that the Wall Street Journal has been writing about, that mm-hmm. they just don't want growth. They don't want people to be prosperous. They don't want abundant energy. Well, it's a lower priority. Has to be yeah. a lower. John Fund, what is it? Which is it? I don't, Biden, even I get confused. So, so Biden says uh, the oil companies are a bunch of war profiteers. And then he says they need to produce more. He said that. They need to produce more. Then he says, John, um, at this rally just before the election, there's no drilling, no drilling, no drilling. He repeated it about five times. No drilling, no drilling, no drilling. And he wants to end coal plants. Then he goes to Egypt. And as Steve said, they announced this, this methane thing. And which is anti? What what is what is his policy, John Fun? You're a smart guy. You have to explain his policy to me. I I can give you an explanation. <laughs> First of all, from what you've said, Larry, it is obvious that you could walk through Joe Biden's deepest consistency and not get your ankles wet. <laughs> secondly, secondly, um, you know, in the White House, they prepare sets of uh, note cards for you. You know, to sort of guide you during your speech at the podium to make announcements and stuff like that. Joe Biden is the only president I know who must have aides from two different camps handing him note cards, and he combines them. Because one note card says A, and the other note card says B, and he reads both of them. What, what, one note card says yes, the other one says no. And he goes yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. I mean, the whole thing is, uh, I mean, it's kind of humorous, but he is the president, and these are uh, far-reaching Policies. Are you sure he's the president, Larry? <laughs> so after this election, they're going to be actually, no, before I talk about staff changes, let's take a break. We're going to need a lot of time to talk about potential staff changes in the White House, or maybe we won't need any time at all. John Fund, National Review, Committee to Unleash Prosperity. Steve Moore, Freedom Works, Committee to Unleash Prosperity. I'm Cudlow. We're talking money and politics. We'll be right back after this. Now, back to the Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, folks. We are talking money and politics with John Fund, National Review and Committee to Unleash Prosperity, and Steve Moore, Freedom Works and Unleash Prosperity Hotline. By the way, the Unleash Prosperity Hotline is the single best political economic you, uh, newsletter in the country by far. Wow. Fellas, um, I did, before I get to the White House staff changes, if there ever be any, um, John Fund, what do you hear about Mitch McConnell? There seems to be actually more than a few now are raising questions about whether he should be erected as leader, uh, elected as leader. I noticed Marco Rubio weighed in. That one kind of surprised me. Uh, Rick Scott doesn't surprise me. Uh, Josh Hawley doesn't surprise me. But, John, what's your uh, what's your uh, pulse taking tell you about Mitch McConnell's future? It is certainly unfortunate that the last two years have seen this incredible feud and um, pissing contest between Mitch McConnell and Donald Trump. Mm. Uh, I'm not going to take sides right now. I'll simply say it's certainly distracted from the goal of taking back the Senate. Um, Mitch McConnell 
is going to put out all the stops to remain leader, whether it's majority leader or minority leader. We have to first resolve these elections. That, that takes until Georgia, December 6th. Uh, and the problem with deposing a guy who wants to re- remain as Republican leader is you have to unite around one candidate. And I haven't yet seen who that's going to be. If it's Rick Scott versus Mitch McConnell, I think Mitch McConnell wins. Hmm. If it's if it were Marco Rubio against Mitch McConnell, that would be a completely different thing. But it's extremely difficult to topple a leader of a party inside their caucus. It's a secret ballot, by the way. Yes, it is. What's your thing, Steve Moore? Anything to add to that? Not much. I mean, look, I think that um, people are feeling so frustrated right now about that there weren't bigger wins in the Senate. And and, by, and I'm in Arizona right now. Um, you know, that one has been called. Uh, Nevada is, boy, it's tight in Nevada with just a few percentage, you know, points left uh, to, to but there's still a chance Republicans could have the majority. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like you do, I think, Larry, that if if we win Nevada as Republicans, I think the odds are seventy five percent chance that that Herschel Walker would win the win the runoff, and you could you could actually have Mitch McConnell being the majority leader, yeah. which I think would be a good thing. We'll see. I think um, just as an aside, I think President Trump, former President Trump, should um, hold back any candidacy announcements. Let's all focus on Herschel. Yes. Really, yes. you know, just I'm not saying he shouldn't run. I'm just saying he should hold back. And by mm-hmm. the way, should donate a bunch of million dollars to the campaign. Yeah. Get him on TV, help to get out the vote. Which, which Trump did not do during the fall elections. He sat on his gold hoard. I know. I know. I'm just saying. And I, I'm not saying he shouldn't run. I'm just saying don't don't announce now. Don't distract. Don't make Herschel Walker answer a thousand times, does he support Trump for president? You know what I mean? That's bad politics. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to talk to uh, my friend Donald Trump soon, but um, I hope he doesn't do it. Anyway, uh, so, okay, we'll leave that alone. John Fund, you think Biden, I know Biden has this bravado, he's not going to change anything, but he will be forced to change some things. Are there going to be any senior staff changes in the White House? Well, if I were Ron Klain, who is, you know, Obama's consigliere and chief of staff, I would say, you know, I've had a pretty good run. I managed to pull a rabbit out of a hat with the Inflation Reduction Act and getting Joe Manchin to cross over. Um, we had a better than expected midterm. Uh, a recession may well be looming. Uh, a stock market meltdown may well be looming. Mm. This would be the perfect time for a chief of staff to leave at the top of the pyramid. Mm. And he could say, well, if things went wrong after me, well, that was because of the people who came after me. Mm. What do you think, Steve Moore? I, you know, it's funny with this gang. I, I don't think there are going to be any changes. I mean, no major changes, no crisis major changes. But I could be wrong. I don't pretend to understand them. Well, I don't know. I have no idea. I don't have any sort of information about that. But I don't, I don't think it would matter much because anybody that you would replace a Ron Klain with would probably be ideologically in tune. I mean, I think the really important thing is what you guys were just talking about. Larry, you made this point that, that uh, you know, what made Bill Clinton a successful president in his last six years was that he did move to the middle. He did say the year of big government is over. And it's disturbing to me that the reaction of Democrats is we've been vindicated here. And, you know, look, to some extent they have been, but 
you know, when you've got 70 to 75 percent of the American people saying the country's going in the wrong direction, mm. that's not <laughs> that's not a good number. Right. No, it's not a good number, but I'm not sure it will. Here, Here's Janet Yellen's going to leave. She's the worst of the economic people. The head of the CEA, uh, Rouse, I believe her name is, she will go back to Princeton because it's a two-year term. Um, I don't know, Mr. Deese, Brian Deese, I don't know him, my uh, my successor at the NEC. I suspect he'll he'll stay. Janet Yellen's had a rough time with it, having blown the inflation story and having been blamed for it. And, and she did that hostage video thing on CNN. Um, she'll probably leave. But I don't know how many others uh, are going to leave. I just wish uh, I push this, put it out to both of you. This, I, you've got a month to go before Herschel's runoff. All right, I'm going to assume Adam Laxalt wins. That may be incorrect, or that may be correct. But for the moment, I'm going to assume Adam Laxalt wins in the back. You have a month to go, less than a month actually. December second. Can we cease and desist the finger pointing and the recriminations? And just try to elect Herschel Walker and not repeat the Georgia mistakes of two years ago. Can we just try to do that, John Fund? Wouldn't that make sense? Instead of unseating Kevin McCarthy, and I know everybody has to beat up on Donald Trump, can we just try to elect Herschel? Because we could have both houses. Think about that. It's possible. Uh, Steve and I are here at a conference um the uh, David Horowitz Freedom Conference here in Phoenix. And there are a lot of uh, Trump aides and advisors here. Um, I think that Donald Trump will quiet down and reconcile himself to that. But right now, he is just so angry, he's lashing out. Mm. I mean, he attacked Glenn Youngkin yesterday yeah. with, a, with a, a slur basically implying that he was, mm. you know, perhaps an agent of influence of China. Mm. So I, I, I think you know, he's, Trump is in a bad space right now, and his aides, frankly, are staying away from him because he's in such a bad temper. Give him another week and 10 days, maybe he can simmer down. The country may need that. Uh, it may need a period of calm, and we have to focus on Georgia. And anyone who doesn't focus on Georgia is not doing the country or the party any help. Yeah, I think that's right. Steve Moore, you agree, but if he announces on Tuesday, I think, I hate to say it, but I think it's a mistake. It's premature, Steve. He doesn't have to do it. He doesn't have to do it. Yeah, I agree. And and I think that if I were advising Donald Trump, what I'd say is just spend the next six, five weeks or however many it is doing everything you can to help Herschel yeah. Walker. Yeah. If Herschel Walker wins, then Trump will actually, you know, and people are angry at Trump right now, Larry. I know, yeah. I know you get angry at people who are angry at Trump, but. You know, people are angry at him. There's a lot of, uh, you know, and he has to repair himself, and this would be a good way to do it. He does. Uh, You're quite right on all those counts. Um, He's um, His base is shrinking. We see it. Uh, We're getting emails into Fox that we've never seen before, Um, anger directed at Trump. That stuff's not come over the transom before we're getting them. Uh, I'm getting them. He's, his base is shrinking. You know, people who, you know, ordinary folks, working folks, kitchen table folks, people that, you know, eat meals in diners. I love diners, by the way, but I'm just saying they're not happy with Trump. He was their hero. Um, Joe Concha said it. Joe Concha said it. Uh, 
on one of the earlier segments on this show. He said, you know, you've had Trump now. It's been seven years. There's there's a Trump fatigue, and I think he's made it worse. I thought the Glenn Youngkin thing was terrible. I thought the DeSantis thing was terrible. He didn't have to do that. There's no point in it. And then DeSantis turns around and wins by 20 points. I mean, really? That's not good politics, John Fun. You know, if you're going to attack, be smart. Trump's always been very clever, you know, like low-energy Jeb and uh, little Marco and that kind of stuff. That one wasn't funny. Larry, wasn't funny. Trump is good on the attack. He's not good at team sports, however. <laughs> and the problem is, he should have said he should. When DeSantis wins practicing Trump policies in Florida, he should have, regardless of whether or not they're going to run against each other, for at least until right after the right after the election, he should have said he followed my policies. I helped win the win his election in 2016. Mm. It's his success. It's my success. It's the country's success. Mm. Well, he's not good at team sports. You're right. He likes golf. <laughs> <laughs> not, it's not really a team sport. He also likes tennis. <laughs> it's not really a team sport. I don't know. Steve you Moore. Know, but, Larry, but Larry, I'll just say this, that, you know, what you and I admire so much. I mean, I like Trump personally very much. I, he's always good to me. Um, but what people Re- there's a there's a consensus among virtually all conservatives, and even I think most people in the country, Trump's policies were right. a spectacular success, yeah. a spectacular yeah. success. Yeah. And so I want him to get back to talking about the issues, not personalities. Yeah. Well, he's going to speak uh, at Mar-a-Lago. Yeah, I'll be there. I'll yeah. be there. You're going to yeah. be there, right? I'll be there. Um, yeah. It'll be a very, very important speech because it should yeah. be an issues speech you're 100 percent right look i love the guy always will uh even when i disagree with some of these shall we say reposts but nonetheless and his policies succeeded i mean you guys are right his policies succeeded but i tell you what if what's this guy from virginia john fun the uh, good, good bob good yeah. the congressman from roanoke i mean i this guy is just out of control has the wrong idea and somebody should muzzle him. Just muzzle him. He's just really craziness. Anyway, John Fun, thank you. Steve Moore, thank you. I'm Larry Kudlow, folks. We will be with you next weekend. The cavalry is coming. The platoons are coming. Keep the faith. Stay optimistic. We'll see you then. Wall Street to the White House. This is the Larry Kudlow Show. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.